Okay, welcome to Investing with IBD, sponsored by Vantage Point. I'm Justin Nielsen, and it's Wednesday, September 22nd, 2021. And joining me today is Arusha Paris, O'Neill Global Advisors Portfolio Manager, my partner in crime, the Jerry Rice to my Joe Montana, joining me every week. And this week, we're doing something a little bit different. Arusha was getting a little jealous of all these guests that we were having on. He wanted some more uh, time just spent on him. He's like, you, you used to treat me so well. And uh, he wanted a little bit more of the, the, the me time. So uh, Arusha, welcome back to the show. Hey, Justin, it's great to be here, and, and we want to make this a, a monthly occurrence. This is our, our me time episode or we time episode. We time episode, exactly. So uh, we'll, of course, be talking about the markets today. Uh, we had the Fed meeting um, you know, happen today, and you know, what is that doing for taper and uh, talks of interest rate hikes? But really, it's more about this pullback that we had. Is this a bounce that we saw today that has some legs to it? Or is this um, maybe the start of some trouble? So we'll get into that when we talk about the markets. And of course, football season has started. In addition to uh, the podcast, Arusha and I also have some fantasy football stuff that we do together. We are co-managers of a team. So we're going to be using some analogies with football and investing to kind of share uh, some of the outlooks that we see and you know some of the lessons that we learn from, from football and how we apply them to our investing. And then, of course, we're going to end with some stock ideas. So, uh, Arusha, let's start it out. Um, you know, I think you were you know, pretty vocal uh, as the market was pulling back here. And we can just go ahead and pull up any of the indexes because they all pulled back. You know, there, there was nothing spared. Um, but we, we had a pretty, pretty decent drop on Monday. And you know, I think a lot of people were starting to get concerned. Hey, is this is this the end? Are the good times over? But you were pointing out that you were trying to not panic. You were trying to make sure that you, uh, you know, looked at opportunities that were appearing to potentially get into some stocks on the bounce. So, how did you handle this latest pullback? Um, I'm not sure if I handled it well. Uh, I, I think I still we'll have tell a you in bit. a month, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, I still it, it, it's funny. It, it, um, it the market still forced my hand to, to lighten up probably more than I wanted to. Uh, but, you know, I didn't com- get completely out of mm-hmm. all my positions. Right. I, I, I try to sell down to what they say, the sleeping point. Right. And then today, after the Fed announcement and after the Fed news came out, uh, solely kind of built some of those positions back i'm not i don't know if we're completely out of the you know completely out of these volatile waters just yet and we're we're through just yet because the the market did get hit quite a bit on monday but that being said these markets continue to be very resilient Mm -hmm. they continue it seems like they take that one big hit that one big shock and then they start crawling up. I mean, it's almost like you have a one-day correction or that one little capitulation, and then that's it. You know, yeah. the, all the all the the bottom fishers are there. All the buying the dippers are there, and and we're we're back up to new highs within a few weeks. So that's been the character of the market, and you almost have to assume that that's going to be the character until proven otherwise. Yeah. And I mean, you know, look, we had the Fed meeting today. A lot of people are pointing to the fact that, you know, the the taper 
it's probably coming. I mean, Kenny Polcari, when we had him on the show a few weeks ago, was pretty vocal about how he'd like to see that normalization of rates. And it looks like November is, is, is kind of a reasonable expectation for the taper to begin. And look, we've got $120 billion a month that is, that is going, yeah. you know, getting pumped into the market. $80 billion into treasuries. 40 billion a month into government backed mortgage securities, um, you know, taking taking that away. I mean, sure, that's, uh, you know, I mean, just it being there, it makes you feel like, I mean, the money's got to go somewhere, right. And if we pull back to the S&P 500, you know, I think the S&P 500 really shows how the, the pullbacks, the 50 day line have been so orderly, it seems like, you know, really since November. I mean, you could just count on, oh, you're going to pull back to the 50 day line and then the buying is going to come right back in. And we haven't had more than a day uh, really below the 50 day moving average line, um, you know, this whole time. I mean, you had one day maybe where it closed below it in February, but the next day it was right back up. So the fact that we had, you know, three days below it now, I guess could make some people a little bit concerned, but we're still not even more than 5% off of the, the highs. Um, you know, this one certainly felt a little bit uh, more concerning. And I guess my other concern here is how many times can you bounce off the 50 day moving average line? It's just, you know, at a certain point, you know, it, it's gotta be overdone. You know, Bill, when he was talking about individual stocks, He'd say, look, you can buy the first one or two times it bounces off the 50-day moving average line from a base. Um, but beyond that, he'd get a little bit nervous. He'd want it to base again. And that's just something we haven't seen the indexes really do. Yeah, but that was that, that was back when we had corrections. No, that's and true. Yeah, apparently, that's we don't have corrections anymore. <laughs> but, uh, but you do bring up a good point. This is the first time we've really broken the 50-day. Uh, and that will be something to watch. You want to see this. You want to see the indexes uh, get back above their 50-day within the next week or so. You don't want them mm -hmm. to start lingering up around. If the, if all of a sudden the 50-day, which is provided that floor, if it starts becoming a ceiling, yeah, uh, and it starts living below the 50-day, uh, that's gonna that'll definitely be a little bit more room cause for concern. And all of a sudden now you could start testing the lows of Monday too, and maybe start taking it out and then you may start a little bit of a, a downtrend or a little bit more of an intermediate pullback. Yeah, I mean, that change of character that you're talking about, living below the 50-day moving average line, that's like having one of your star players on your football team injured. You know, at a certain that's point, right. it's going to be hard for the team to come back if it's, uh, you know, limping along without someone. It depends on how deep your bench is. Just to start the football analogies, uh, you know, coming in. But <laughs> I will say that another thing that I felt like was, notable about this market is that you, you know, while you did have some of the growth names um, getting hit, you had a lot of growth names that were still acting very well. In fact, if we go ahead and go over to the FFTY, which is the IBD50, um, this is the innovator IBD50 fund, uh, an ETF that tracks the Investors Business Daily, IBD50, um, that we publish, you know, every day, you know, does a weekly rebalance. And you can see that's already bounced back to new highs. Um, you know, for the year. And it's, you know, it really only came down to the 21 day moving average line. So a lot of growth was still hanging in there. Now, granted, this was, you know, growth was having a, you know, a tough time since mid February, but 
it certainly seemed like growth was coming on stronger. The relative strength line was improving here. And then if we just go ahead and switch over to BOUT, uh, B-O-U-T, which is the IBD breakout stocks index, also done by Innovator, um, you can see that that's, that's fairly close to new highs as well and had a very strong day today, today with a 2% gain. So um, what is your take on what's happening with a lot of the growth stocks? I think underneath the service, you have some, I don't know if you have necessarily broad participation just yet. A big key, especially when you're looking at the, the triple Qs uh, or, or some of the larger cap tech indexes, uh, they were being carried by the FANG stocks for a while. Mm -hmm. We started to lose a, a few of those FANG stocks. I mean, uh, pulling up a, you know, a Facebook right here. Yeah, that definitely stuck out today. <laughs> yeah, so that, that was a little bit more of a cause for concern uh, and obviously, you don't want the indexes to start doing this where Facebook broke the 50-day on Monday pretty convincingly, had a little bit of a, a, a tiny, weak kind of bounce on Tuesday. And then today, it really started to tumble. And now you're starting to hear some news about the CFO leaving uh, Facebook and, and all this kind of stuff. So, uh, or the CTO, I think it was a CTO uh, who, who's uh, leaving Facebook. But uh, that that's so those are this is a reason for concern here where I see like a, a Facebook or you know Apple already started breaking the 50 day before and so maybe you have that rotation back out of some of these larger cap tech stocks maybe back more into the smaller mid cap type of growth stocks I mean let, let's pull up the the IWM here which is the Russell 2000 made up of mainly uh, small caps they're not necessarily participating that much uh, just yet. Uh, so it is interesting, I think, what the FFTY is uh, at all-time highs here. Uh, it, so that does give me a little bit of hope, but you're not seeing that necessarily that broad participation that you ideally want to see. But overall, I, I think I am, uh, I'm, I'm still bullish. I think we're still setting ourselves up for a nice year-end rally. Mm -hmm. It's just kind of surviving that chop before that because there, 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 are, there are a number of stocks over the last few days that they have hung in there. They are at new highs they, and they reacted pretty well once the whole Fed news got past uh, the markets. Well, we also, I guess one of the things that I was also concerning me is I feel like we've been climbing this wall of worry for a while, yeah. you know, between yeah. the Delta variant and we've got, you know, the, the, the Fed, you know, Fed coming out, you know, taper talks, you know, the fear of a taper tantrum, which didn't happen today, of course. <laughs> um, but, you know, it seemed like, uh, you know, on Monday, it was like, just give me a reason where the market was coming down. And, you know, a lot of people could point to all sorts of different reasons. One of them, of course, was, you know, what's happening in China, you know, not only has the yes. um, government kind of turned a little sour on some businesses, but, you know, now there was a, a big property uh, company that you know, wasn't going to be looking at getting a bailout and the ripple effect that can happen when one of those big companies fails and, and when when a government allows it to fail uh that sent ripples so what is your take on you know some of the stuff that's happening in china and how that kind of trickles over to um i mean that's just a big economy how that trickles over to our economy as well yeah we're, we're just gonna have to wait and see so now the kind of the the news out on the evergrand uh you know, obviously one of the largest developers out there and they're in huge trouble with taking on way too much debt and they're highly levered. Uh, we're just going to have to see how how big the cascade is, right? And how, how many companies are connected. Right now, it seems like 
it's not that bad. I mean, there is some connection, but uh, it doesn't seem like there's everything's like tied into it, kind of like the financial crisis, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, 12 years ago or whatever it was. Um, but you know, sometimes you don't always hear that whole story, right? No one's ever going to tell you the whole it story. It trickles out a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, so I on Monday when that news kind of came out, I started reading a little bit more about it. Yeah, I, I got a little bit more nervous because they're so big. And it just seems like, oh, there might be a lot of funds, that, uh, U.S. funds that might have invested in there. Now, if those U.S. funds start getting into trouble, uh, with uh, some of those Chinese investments, they might have to liquidate some of their stocks, and that can all kind of, you know, fall. You know, all of a sudden, that selling could really beget more selling and weakness, but getting more weakness. Uh, mm-hmm. But I don't know with the way the markets have kind of turned it around, and they're a- acting at least some uh, the individual stocks that those that smaller subset of stocks that are still acting okay. It may, maybe it's not as bad or we're just going to have to wait for the other shoe to drop. But right now, I think it's very clear. I mean, I pulled up the FXI right here, the China, the China large cap. Mm-hmm. China's not a very good place to, to be investing in stocks right now. It hasn't been for a little yeah, while. That was in a downtrend before, you know, before yeah. Monday. So and, Yeah, exactly. And that probably started happening once uh, they announced in China about uh, you know, kind of leveling the playing field and... Uh, I mean, there was the no, Alibaba, the, you know, exactly, stuff happening, you know, exactly. I mean, there, 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 there's, there's been a lot of this, you know, coming. So let's go ahead and tie a bow on this. Um, you know, if we bring up the NASDAQ again, what should people be looking at? I mean, I think one thing here is we can certainly use Monday's low as, as a level, you know, look, or even the 50 day moving average line. If we start trading below that, as you said, if we um, are living below that, that's, that's one thing. If we undercut Monday's low, then the market starts looking a little bit more like Facebook, you know, where, yeah. you know, it had the drop, it had the inside day, and then it had the failure. So it, it, it that would feel a little bit more like uh, trouble brewing. Um, but uh, what what is your take? What should people be looking for? Any particular levels? I, I think you identify the lows right there with the low of Monday and then that 1440, 14423 level. Yeah, right. August 19th low. Yes, those are kind of the, the targets right there. And now the ultimate one would be that 14,200 level, because right. that's what, once it emerged out of that back in June, that's when the, uh, a number of the tech stocks were able to get going. Uh, so those are, those are kind of the levels. We are a market under pressure right now. Uh, we have I'm, I, what, four distribution days on the NASDAQ and maybe three or four on the S&P. I can't remember exactly, but we're starting to collect some distribution days, right? right. So, so you're starting to get from just looking at that, point of view, you're starting to get a little bit of warning signs there. Uh, And so in the end, you want to, I think the big thing is you go through your portfolio, make sure the stocks that you're holding are still acting healthy, that they're still Mm -hmm. uh, in uptrends, not that they don't look like a Facebook where they're breaking uh, the 50 day and heavy volume. Um, Even that, you know, with a Facebook, I'll I'll pull that up again, even with a Facebook, yeah, this maybe today is a little bit. I mean, that that's some pretty big volume coming into it. But on Monday, when it started to gap down uh, below the 50, that wasn't necessarily you sell out of everything on Facebook if you mm-hmm. already had a big profit in it. Right, right. now, if, you, if you're down on it, then, yeah, you want to protect yourself. But say you're up 30 plus percent, you really earned the right to try to hold it a little bit longer if you wanted to. Now, today, with the volume increasing and making another low, 
Yeah, I mean, you might want to lighten up more, maybe get out of it, right? So as long as your stocks aren't acting like a, a Facebook's acting uh, and they're in uptrends and stuff like that, you don't necessarily have to do anything, but you, you do want to make sure you go and check everything because the environment might be changing. We might be going through a character change. And so you just want to be prepared just in case it is that scenario and it starts getting a little bit worse. Yeah. So we'll go ahead and start talking a little bit more about some of the strategy things that we should be looking at. And we'll be using fantasy football as our kind of analogy for that. So make sure you stay tuned for that. We'll be right back. Do you want to conquer market volatility? We can help you protect your hard-earned capital. Visit www.freestockcoaching.com and find out how Vantage Point's AI technology can forecast stock market trends up to 72 hours in advance with incredible accuracy. Vantage Point's patented technology analyzes huge quantities of global data in seconds, so you can finally stop guessing what's going to happen next. Check out www.freestockcoaching.com and experience Vantage Point for free. Learn how successful traders generate their wealth. Trading involves financial risk and is not suitable for all investors. Past results do not guarantee future performance. Welcome back to Investing with IBD podcast sponsored by Vantage Point. It's Justin Nielsen along with my good friend, Arusha Paris. And let's see, we've got fantasy football to talk about. So, I mean, you know, we've so far been one and one on our, our uh, fantasy football team. And, uh, you know, it was a very devastating loss that first week we had a uh, the second highest score of the league and still lost by what was it one one or two points like it it got really close at the end there with with stocks you know a lot of what we're doing is we are picking um you know the best stocks that we see out there the ones that are showing strength but you're also you know you're building a team when you're you're building your portfolio you got to make sure that you don't have just one position strong you've got to have kind of some diversity uh some diversification amongst different sectors uh in your portfolio just like you have different positions so what what is your take on on some of the best analogies for football and and stocks yeah well uh, really to start off justin uh, we're and for those of you uh who are listening you can always go and watch the video version so you can see both Justin and I have have uh, really come prepared for this football segment wearing some football garb now Justin's wearing his UCLA Bruins shirt I should shirt. have put on the UCLA jersey you yeah, should so, have put the yeah. yes and and I'm I'm wearing my Raiders Harvey Williams jersey that my friends got me cuz I was a huge Harvey Williams fan when they were the Los Angeles Raiders 20 plus years ago. And unfortunately, I can't say both of our teams won this past week. Uh, But, uh, but, you know, I will say, I mean, you know, at least at least for UCLA, you know, one of the things I was so impressed with the Fresno State quarterback, um, I I, got to say, and, and just like the market, okay, just like the market, I mean, this guy was taking hits. And I mean, he he was limping, you know, at, at the end of the game, he was limping between plays, but then he was making these perfect passes. Uh, it was, it was really amazing. Um, and it just, you know, the, the song from Chumbawamba kept on coming up, you know, I get down, I get knocked down, but I get up again. I mean, and 
that's what this market feels like, right? <laughs> yes, yeah, that's true. That, that you know, that's a very, very good analogy, uh, right there. Now, and, and this is why how, why Justin's so nice because his team loses and he's he's praising the other team's quarterback. That's absolutely not what I would be doing. That, that, that's that not how you do football. Sure. <laughs> no, I, I, I don't. I, I, I'm I'm very jealous of the UCLA Bruins when the USC Trojans are struggling left and right and seeing you guys doing so well. But let's let's get to this analogy because you started getting into it. A little bit and i've told my friends who are really into fantasy football and, and justin and i are kind of into fantasy football uh but we so we dabble, we do it, we, we dabble. so we do a team together because at least we get a we get to do it together and have fun and talk with each other but i would tell my friends who are really serious in fantasy football that hey the what what you're doing in fantasy football if you just took that that excitement and and that effort and put it into stocks, you do really well because it's the same thing. And and so in many ways, really, the, the first thing is in fantasy football, the only time you can score points in fantasy football is when the season is on, right? Mm-hmm. You know, when the, when the season is there, the football season started a couple of weeks ago, it's the only time your fantasy team can score points. In many ways, it's the same thing when you're in an uptrend with the markets, Right. versus a correction, right? When you're in a correction, it's very hard to, to make money in stocks if you're trying to buy stocks to go up because if you're, especially if, I mean, once upon a time we had correction, but yeah. when you had those <laughs> corrections, it would be very hard. We, we learned years ago the hard way to stay on the sidelines. Don't push it. Let the markets come around and then let the stocks set up because that's when you can get points. And then the same thing is, a lot of times we were taught and through our methodology, look for some of the best industry groups, right? Same thing with fantasy football, look for the same best teams, right? Look, figure out what are the best teams, try to get their best players because most likely they're going to be the ones to score most points. And if you have one of those members on the team, chances are your fantasy team is going to get some points because that receiver is going to get a touchdown or whatever. And then finally, Players and stocks are the same thing. You're analyzing, looking for the the players with the most potential that based on history, based on what they did last year, based on maybe there are a new rookie and they're coming in the right place. It's the same thing with stocks. We're using history. We're using metrics. We're using fundamental data to try to figure out, hey, is this a great company growing in a new market? And so we're going to take our chances on those stocks and, you know, and obviously we'll use charts too to look for stocks that are uptrending because we're betting that based on the history, based on the previous more recent behavior, that those stocks can continue to go up. So there, the way I look at it, there's so many, there's so many similarities between both because we just keep narrowing down the list of stocks to focus on in the, many, in the same way that we're narrowing down the list of players to focus on in fantasy football. Yeah. And to your point, look, if you've got four hours to watch a game on the weekend, you know, how much time do you have to spend on, you know, looking at your stocks and doing some research? Um, One other thing, as you were talking about some of these rookies, uh, this has certainly been a market of IPO stocks. A lot of uh, stocks have come on the market this year, um, taking advantage of, you know, the the market being in such an incredible uptrend. Um, And you know, the way I look at it, a lot of times people are, you know, we always want to see that history, right? We want to see some trading history. We want to see, hey, you know, 
just like you want to see how the player does in the NFL, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's very different, right? It's very different from college going to the right. NFL. And it's very different. Like you could have the you know greatest thing since sliced bread, but what does the market say? And you want some price history before you kind of um, throw, throw all your, your weight behind someone. Um, but there's also, it's not like you're going in blind because a lot of these IPOs do have some fundamental history. Now they do have a company behind that with earnings, you know, and they have to give that information over to the SEC, you know, before they, you know, come public. So you do have some sense of, of what's going on there. So, um, but do you want to, do you want a whole fantasy team full of rookie players? Right. Right. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't, you know, yeah. um, you, you have to just be very careful of, Hey, look, it's, it's, it's great to take a flyer on some of these guys and, you know, and, and maybe have them on your bench. And if they start doing well, Hey, they, they get, they get up in their starters, just like you would maybe, Hey, start a pilot position in one of your IPO stocks. And as the market tells you, Hey, this is something that's really working. Uh, then you can put more money into it. So um, what, what is your take on the IPO market now? Do you think it's getting a little bit overdone? Are people getting too excited about the rookies? Yeah, I always, um, I will. It is getting a little overdone because there are a number of, of IPOs that have just gone on these insane runs. Yeah. But um, And they're continuing. Uh, they are continuing. Are, yeah. yeah. You know. Unfortunately, I, I got out of some of those. But yeah, right. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so. Now, some of those companies are, some of those stocks are going to, the odds are they're going to turn out to be great, great companies. And, and so there, it could be very validated. But so I, I don't know if I necessarily am seeing that crazy IPO speculation that I saw maybe like four or five months ago, mm-hmm. uh, where, and then, the, then all those IPOs came in, or definitely like in what, 2016, when things were just going berserk at that point. So I, you're seeing some, but I'm not, I, I don't, I don't think I, I'm seeing it as much. Um, so yeah, uh, but I think that's a really good point with the, the rookies. You do not want to have too many of them uh, in your portfolio or, or your portfolio is going to go all the, over the place, much like, you know, rookies are going to, they're, they're going to freeze at the right time when they go from the college to, to the NFL because everything moves a lot faster. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so in, in terms of another analogy that I often think of, and, and again, this kind of gets back to my point when we were talking about the S&P 500 um, and how many times it's hit that 50-day moving average line and bounced, um, I always try to think of, and this, this actually comes straight from Bill O'Neill, what quarter of the game are we in? Now, what, you know, how much time do we have on the clock? Because, you know, you're going to play a little bit differently, um, you know, when it's early on in the game, you're trying to establish your points versus, look, if you're way up, uh, and, and it's the end of the game, you're not going to be throwing Hail Marys. You're going to be, you're going to be running the ball. You're going to be protecting the ball. Um, so given that we've had this big run from the coronavirus crash and in, in, in 2020, so the, the move from the bottom of March 23rd, 2020 has been, you know, amazing. Um, some people even go back as far as 2009 and say, well, really, haven't we been in this long uptrend since we came out of the great financial crisis of 2008? Um, so what, what quarter of the game do you think we're in? Or, you know, is this, are we already in overtime? Yeah, well, uh, the way I look at it is I'm, I'm looking at the bottom of, uh, in March 2020 was the beginning of a new bull market, mm-hmm. right? So we're like a year and a half to... Uh, so a new game in the that. season? <laughs> a new game in the season, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't look at the bull market as coming from 2009. I, I, I think when people use that 
as the kind of the analog uh, as 2009 as the beginning of the bull market all the way up till now they're not necessarily investing in growth stocks because growth stocks have definitely gone through plenty of corrections during yes. that time right um, so and the indexes themselves yeah. i mean uh, if we just look at the s&p 500 and look at a monthly chart um you know going back to 2009 you can see that even the indexes themselves have taken you know, maybe not, maybe not corrections of, you know, huge amounts, but they've definitely corrected through time. Right. Um, you know, I mean, if you were trading in 2015, you know, you weren't making progress for a while there. If you were trading, you know, I mean, 2011, we had the, the global recession fears. Um, that was really choppy for a while. Yes, so sure. we have had these, these pauses, um, which, you know, again, getting back to what you were saying, it, it, it almost feels like a new game when you come out of that. Yeah. Yeah. So, Getting back to the the original question of if we're you know where are we in this on average, and I don't know if this necessarily applies to us right now because of these are just such unusual circumstances with the Fed putting in so much money right. um, in at the in March of 2020 to you know prevent things from getting much worse. Uh, it, usually, on average, bull markets last three and a half years. Right. Mm -hmm. And then you get like a nine month correction or uh, something like that. Uh, I, I don't know if that that necessarily happens. I, I think the, the correction starts or we or I don't know if it's a correction or it's, a, or it's just a long pullback. But that, pro that that's probably going to start whenever the Fed decides to taper. It, mm -hmm. It's it's probably not rocket science at that point. So maybe it's middle of next year. Maybe it's October of next year, whatever, depending on how the whole economy is doing, if it starts getting overheated, they're, they're going to start raising rates a little bit and stuff like that. And, and like in 2018, the markets might really kind of, there, there, there was a little, little bit of a tantrum, tantrum there. Yeah. yeah. And a little bit more <laughs> than a tantrum. Though. They really killed the markets at that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I think it, it is almost going to be this is not, these markets don't seem like they're really going along with the economic cycle. It's more just with what the Fed's doing with the tapering or, um, you know, raising rates and all that stuff. But to, to Powell's credit, though, I think, yeah. you know, he maybe made some missteps in his communication in 2018. That's and true. I do That's think true. that his communication has been, um, again, very, very clear. Um, you know, he's, he's really tried to decouple the tapering from the interest rate hikes. And, yeah. you know, of course, in today's, the big surprise, I guess, in today's announcement was that that number of committee members that are thinking that rate hikes are going to happen in 2022 uh, shifted from seven to nine. So that means there's nine people that think it's going to happen in 2022, uh, nine people that don't. And so that, that was kind of a hawkish shift. Um, but you know, he's also been very frank in terms of what the Fed is looking for. And I think everyone is on board with the fact that taper probably would have happened already if it hadn't been that you've got this oxymoron of, look, we've got this um, you know, unemployment that is still pretty high that you've got this tight labor market. And, and I mean, that's exactly what Powell was saying. You know? So yeah, he's, he's like, what do we do with that? And, and of course you can lay all the blame on the Delta variant. You know, it yeah. just kind of brought in some uncertainty where you know, you've got these, and this is exactly what Powell was saying and in, 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 the, in the conference, the press conference, he's saying, look, there's some people that are probably like, yeah, I would go back to work, but man, this Delta variant, I don't want to go back to work and then three weeks later say, oh, I'm, I'm out again, you know, type thing. So um, I think the Fed has taken a wait and see approach like a lot of people have yeah. with the Delta variant. And uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's been tricky. I mean, like, look at what happened with, you know, with football itself. I mean, as, as COVID hit, I mean, it was 
um, you know, we've got a player out with COVID this, you know, that's right. <laughs> this week, that's we, right. had to, yeah. we had to make some shifts, um, you know, because the Delta variant has just kind of thrown a monkey wrench and in, in some of these projections. And, and going off with that, how, adjusting our teams and things like that, uh, we, we, we had a, we had a player who unfortunately had an, uh, had an ACL injury, right. And he's out for the season. Mm-hmm. So we had a, we had to cut him. We had to get and pick up someone else. Same cut thing. Your loss, would you say? Yeah, exactly. Mean, <laughs> exactly. We're not going to yeah. keep him on the starting. Uh, no. line if We're not, not going to keep him on a roster. Sorry. You know, <laughs> um, but uh, you'd say, yeah, same thing with the stocks. If they start hitting your stop losses, you have to cut them from your portfolio let them prove themselves again and then you can try it again so next year if that player that we cut is is healthy again you know we'll 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 consider him for the team again you know mm-hmm. but uh you you have you have that strategy we wouldn't score any points to 100 guarantee if we played that player this whole year with an acl injury he would score zero points for us right. every single week we'll go ahead and uh, take a break right now and when we come back we'll start talking about some stocks stay tuned. Do you feel like you're always late to the best trades? You don't have to kick yourself for those missed opportunities any longer. Today is your day. Vantage Point's artificial intelligence has helped traders of all experience levels with its predictive analysis forecasting. Visit www.freestockcoaching.com and find out how their AI automatically recognizes global market patterns well ahead of the news to help you pick the best trade. Go to www.freestockcoaching.com to join a free live training session today. Vantage Point's patented artificial intelligence can give you a massive edge. Don't hesitate. Save your seat now. Trading involves financial risk and is not suitable for all investors. Past results do not guarantee future performance. Welcome back to the Investing with IBD podcast, sponsored by Vantage Point. I'm Justin Nielsen, your host, and joining me this week, as he does every week, Arusha Pires. And I should also mention, Arusha, uh, I know you're transitioning from heading up uh, MarketSmith, uh, a job that you've done very well for a while, but you know, with your portfolio manager duties, uh, you're kind of coming out of that, but you're still going to be plugging uh, a special offer that we have today, right? Yeah, we so we do have we had Mark Smith free access last week, mm-hmm. and so this week we have extended access. So you have the opportunity to get four weeks for twenty four ninety five. So a month of Market Smith uh, for twenty four ninety five versus the normal price, which is one forty nine ninety five. So you can go to investors dot com forward slash ms four weeks if you want to take advantage. The number of that four. Off. The number four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so very good. And again, this is uh, what we use a lot to show our charts for those of you that are watching the video. Um, but as we mentioned last week, there are a lot more features that we don't go over and um, you know, screening and all sorts of reports and things like that. So it's definitely worth checking out. And for four weeks at $24.95, it's not a bad idea to, to do that. So that extended access is something that is available now at investors.com slash ms the number four weeks. Okay, let's get into some I'm stocks. I'm impressed, Justin. I, I thought that you were going to mess that one up. Oh, well, hey, you know what? A little bit of faith. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, ye of little faith. So, okay, let's let's talk stocks. Um, and we can go ahead and start. Uh, I, I've got to say, you know, 
it seemed to me that a lot of the, the home builders, the construction stocks, a lot of these stocks um, were setting up, um, you know, one of those wall of worry things, uh, I think a lot of people were looking at the infrastructure bill as, you know, hey, this is a lot of money that's going to be pumped into the system. Uh, that was called into question as, you know, some of the moderate Democrats and progressive Democrats were, um, you know, jockeying around a little bit on the price tag, um, you know, some saying like, hey, three millions too much. And some saying, hey, we already compromised. We wanted uh, six, I am sorry, I should have said trillion. Three trillion, you gotta, you gotta add that T there, um, versus six trillion. So um, let's take a look at DLDR, which is uh, Builder's First Source. Uh, and uh, this is one that we put on Swing Trader this week. Um, coming out of a couple with handle, you see, uh, well, it, it, it already really came out of the couple with handle. And so what we really had was kind of an extra pullback. And um, it should be noted that this stock technically did not fail from that breakout. It, it did break out and it did pull back, but it got support just below the high of that previous handle. And it never came down more than 7%, 8% um, below your, your entry. So this is one of those cases where, look, if you, if you, had, bought, um, if you had bought it at 55.17, you might've been sitting on you know, a, a bigger loss, but if you had bought it right as it was coming out of that breakout, um, this might've been a little bit easier to, to weather the storm. Um, what do you think of the, the price action here, Arusha? I, I think it's acting well. I, it, it's kind of like a lot of stocks where they have tested you. They've really, really checked to see if, if you're a strong holder and you have conviction in the stock and you're willing to hold through a pullback. Uh, this is a, a good example of why when you set your stops, when you have your exit strategy, the best thing a lot of times to do is stick with those exit strategies uh, mm -hmm. because there are going to be and there are going to be times where they're not going to trigger your exit strategy, but you might be selling too soon. And, and I, I definitely do that. So uh, it, it is a it is something that you want to try to stick with uh, because it could be like builders for source where. On Monday, it was probably looking really bad, but by yeah. the end of the day, you had that little bit of that upside reversal. And then today, I drew a little uh, descending trend line there. It, it kind of emerged out of it. It's currently 2% from the original buy point out of that cup with handle. And what I like about this too is before forming the cup with handle, it had a really nice strong prior uptrend. Yeah. Uh, so acting really well, great earnings and sales. So this, this has a lot, uh, there's a lot to like about the stock. And now we just have to wait and see if the, the market truly rewards it. Yeah. And, you know, just as you said, I mean, it, it has to be realized that, okay, the Monday action, you look at it in hindsight and you see where it closed and it looks easy, right? Yeah. Um, at one point, remember that day looked very different, you know, rather than closing at the top of the range, you were looking at, oh, this is trading at the low of its range. And also remember that you're not trading in a vacuum, right? You've got all of these other stocks in your portfolio. And if you're looking at them, you're looking at the market coming down and you're looking at this being at its lows, um, it's very easy to freak out. And this is why it can be very important to try and wait until the close of the day, or sometimes on these stocks that you've maybe been holding for a while, 
a lot of times we're looking at the close of the week, um, which is hard on a Monday when you're like, oh my gosh, if this, you know, if I'm going to try and wait until the close of the week, that's four days from now, how much destruction can happen in my portfolio in the meantime? So I guess, how do you handle that, uh, uh, Arusha? Are you, are you pretty good at, at waiting until the close of the day, close of the week, or um, how do you make sure that you're not giving up too much when that initial kind of shot across the bow happens early in the week? Yeah, I, I would definitely say I'm not very good at it um, because it, it, it's that second part, what you were talking about, all your stocks come in, right? right? And, and so when all your stocks come in, you're almost forced to do, you're almost forced to reduce a little bit mm-hmm. just in case um, things get worse and worse, right? right? So the way I have handled it in the past and is when the markets are bad, like they're on Monday, you just want to try not to watch the markets too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, you one thing that we, we've heard over the years from others who've been doing this for a lot longer is turn off your screens, right? Mm-hmm. Don't watch them because the more you watch it, especially when it's a bad day, especially when you're emotional, the more reasons you're going to find to get out of the stock, right? Yeah. And to break some of your, really just not to follow your plan, to break, mm-hmm. to sell them too early, not let the not let them hit the stops to really get out of it. Um, so I think, yeah, you, you just don't want to watch it as much. You want to walk away from the screens, maybe not watch the market until the last hour of the day. Now, it was a little bit trickier this time because I, I, I want to even say at the last hour, things weren't looking great. Yeah. It only really the it only the seemed like the stock hour, <laughs> yeah, or maybe last, <laughs> last twenty minutes. minutes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Then it was like, oh my on god, it came time. back. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and then kind of the opposite happened on Tuesday, where you know it 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 was kind of going back and forth, and then there was this kind of whoosh at the end where it really dropped, um, yeah. you know, a lot. Now, granted, that was still an inside day for the markets and a lot of the stocks. It was still an inside day, so it wasn't too bad. But if you were looking at the intraday chart, you know, and I think. You know, to your point, sometimes you have to take that step back. If you're looking at the intraday chart, uh, it was starting to look like, oh my gosh, things are things are crashing. You know, yeah. but again, when you take took that step back to the the daily chart, oh, okay, these are still inside days for a lot of these stocks. Yeah, and and going off that time frame, if you want to, even on a Monday, if you want to try to hold on to some of these stocks a little bit longer, look at the weekly charts. Yeah, right. Don't look at don't even look at the daily charts, mm-hmm. um, because the weekly chart will put even more perspective. But now with uh, with build their first source here on the weekly chart, this we're recording this on Wednesday. You see on this weekly chart, if if it were to finish the end of the week like this, this is a very positive week. Yeah, you get this upside reversal, big shakeout, finding support off the ten week line. Everything is is very positive. Uh, with this week versus if you're watching it too closely, especially on that Monday, it looked terrible and you're going to you're going to sell out if you watch it too closely. Let's go ahead and pull up AutoZone. A-Z-O is the ticker symbol on this, um, because um, here we are um, again in a kind of environment where used cars, I mean, the, you know, because there's so few new cars uh, getting produced because of the chip shortage uh, that's putting pressure on used cars um, pricing, you know, Pricing pressure there for some of the used car dealers like AutoNation that you know we've talked about, and also for people that are just trying to get their cars to last a little bit longer. But AutoZone, um, a strong move after earnings here. 
Yeah, it uh, it reported earnings yesterday. You see the and it had a nice little a, a little a little bit of an earnings gap right there, right near um, its all time highs and and the the all time the high of the flat base, which was sixteen hundred sixty six dollars. It's it's crazy the prices of stocks these days. Right. <laughs> but uh, and then today it broke out and uh, the volume wasn't uh, the volume was okay. It's up fifty two percent, which is pretty amazing for an auto zone. Yeah. Um, so, and the relative strength line is, is near new highs. And this was actually one stock that I, I was looking at yesterday and today, just thinking about, you know, maybe I should just buy a little bit of this and use park some money and try to be like Bill, because I still remember that Bill story, which is now 10 years ago, yeah. you know, <laughs> which, uh, which is pretty wild. But um, uh, I just switched over to the weekly chart. You're, you're getting the blue dot right there. So, Definitely a different relative strength uh, picture this time around. (laughs) That's true. That's true. Um, But, you know, AutoZone has been working pretty well since March. Uh, It it built that really long base, had had a nice little uptrend, formed another another cup. Look at it in March. I mean, look at how bad the relative strength line was then because it had, you know, again, very similarly, it had gone through this very long basing period. And you know what, when you go through a very long basing period, like, look, David Ryan has talked about how he really likes some of these long bases. When you finally cross that line and, you know, start moving after a long base, you know, he, he likes that, but that will sometimes have a negative effect on your relative strength rating and your relative strength line, because if other stocks have been moving during that time while you were taking a break, you know, that's just, that's the way relative works, right? <laughs> exactly. Um, but now this stock seems to uh, treat breakouts pretty well though, right? I mean, you're not going to get your 20% out of this. You might get like eight to 10%, then it may come back and find support off the 10 week line, build a new base. So you get, you just have to know the character of the stock right here, but this is a stock that that's trying to go again. Uh, and so, you know, I mean, if you want a slower mover, moving stock, it's, it's one to one to consider. You have a couple of, of the IBD mutual funds uh, in this stock, too. Yeah, very good. OK, let's go ahead and round this uh, out with a look at FND floor and decor. Um, this is one. I mean, really, when you think about it, it hasn't been out for that long. Um, you know, well, actually, it's, it's it's getting there now. I mean, it's it's been a few years. I remember when this IPO just 2017, you know, 2017. Um, you know, because uh, this is when we bought our house and my wife was looking at flooring. And one of the things she liked about floor and decor was, gosh, those aisles had so much space in them. Um, you know, you could really kind of just put your tiles down, oh, take a look really at it cool. um, and, and and stuff. So when, when this IPO came out, I was, you know, really like, you know, kind of talking it up a little bit because, because my wife was, uh, you know, super impressed with the way the store was laid out and everything. Um, so this has had a, a, a decent move after a long time of not doing much. Um, what, you know, Kathy Donnelly and Eve Bobak and Eric Kroll refer to as that due diligence phase. Right. Um, but now here we are. Um, a lot of the home builder related uh, stocks have been doing uh, pretty well. And this one just got supported its 10 week moving average line and looks like a fresh breakout. Yeah, I mean, they have first, they have really good earnings and sales. You were talking about the acceleration of earnings uh, before. This one's gone from in December 20, 81% for the earnings to 100 to 462. Then the sales uh, really has like five quarters from negative 11 at 31 at 37 to 41 at 86. So business keeps getting better and better. Uh, for these guys, and you're seeing it reflected in the chart too, the relative strength lines at new highs. And uh, what's interesting about this stock is it broke out of a couple with handle, 
back in July. And that, that was a pretty good breakout too, 55%. Uh, went on a really nice run, uh, around 15% gain at that point, then came all the way back, almost right near the buy yeah. point of the, the cup with the handle, but found support off the top of that handle and the 50-day, didn't break it, and it's now had a nice bounce. And it doesn't, the pattern recognition doesn't catch anything on the daily chart, but if you switch over to the weekly, there is another flat base there that you could use to uh, buy out of. And uh, it's currently 2% from that base right now. Um, and so the last couple, it broke out a couple of weeks ago, came back to the 10 week line this week, found support. And, you know, maybe on Monday, it probably looked bad, right? It was probably mm -hmm. scary. But uh, right now, if, if, the, if uh, the week closes like this, this is going to look like a pretty positive week here and, and your outside reversal, Justin. Yeah, absolutely. You, you got that outside week. And, uh, you know, right now we're closing at the top of that range. Um, so we'll see how we close for the rest of the week. Uh, as we often say, it's not how you start, it's how you close. Um, but, you know, getting to your point on that uh, round trip uh, or near round trip, you know, Bill certainly has a rule where, look, if you've got a good gain, you know, double digit percentage gain, um, and you don't, you don't want to let the stock go negative on you. So uh, in this case, it didn't though. You know, as you said, it kind of stopped at a logical area. Not only was it at the top of that prior base, um, you know, it didn't go back into the base, which was which was positive, but it also got support right there at the 50-day moving average line. So if you had again waited until the close of that day, if we just shift back to the daily for those that are watching the video, um, you can see that you know just waiting to the 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 close of that day, um, you know, at 110.71 you know, uh, where, where it came all the way back, you know, you did stay above that level, you know? So again, if you kind of had your line in the sand, um, not to go negative, uh, or the 50 day moving average line, you did stay above both of those levels. Again, it would have been, it would have been tough. Um, you know, especially because you have that earnings report, you know, that came out and you just kept on going down, 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 um, you know, a, a little bit afterwards. Well, that's going to do it for us for this week. Uh, I'm really glad that everyone kind of tuned in and bared with us as we talked about our football fantasy uh, stuff and, uh, <laughs> and shared some stories with you. Um, next week, we're going to have Mark Minervini. And I mean, Mark is just, you know, we're welcoming him back to the show. Arusha uh, had him on uh, a few times as a guest and we've had him on IBD Live. So uh, just a wealth of knowledge there. Um, you know, you talk about someone who's been doing this, you know, we've been at it for a couple decades. Um, he was at it for a couple decades before we even started so it's, it's always nice to get you know some real uh longevity there he's seen it all so make sure you tune in for that because he always has a wealth of knowledge to share uh thank you so much for joining us this week and we'll see you right back here next week take care and for this week's notes and charts make sure to go to investors.com podcast where you'll find details for each episode in the podcast episode section and make sure to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast if you haven't already. We'd really appreciate it. You can also send us your questions and comments to investingpodcast at investors.com. We would love to hear from you and may use your comments on an upcoming episode. This podcast is for informational and educational purposes only, and nothing should be construed as a recommendation to buy, hold, or sell any securities. Make sure to consider consulting with your financial advisor before making any investment decisions.